0: Thank you, Ms. Doan.
1: Thank you, Your Honor. May it please the court? Counsel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Jennifer Doan with Haltman Doan in Texarkana on behalf of the appellant Susan Taylor, the defendant in the, in the trial court. We're here today because the trial court's erroneous construction of an insurance application question allowed Hiscox to wrongfully terminate this policy and wrongfully rescind the policy based on information that they may have liked to have had, but they did not ask about. Under the facts of this case, the holding of this case, this precedent cannot stand in the Eighth Circuit. Unlike the cases that have been cited to us by the appellate, here we have over a decade of, in policies that have been written on behalf of for Ms. Taylor by Hiscox, the, the plaintiff here, the appellate here with plaintiff in the undercourt, Lloyds of London, and their agent Burns and Wilcox. In fact, there's over five policies on this house, the, the house that burned, 654 Springwood in, in Hot Springs, Arkansas. There's over five policies over a period of five years written by hiscox and burns and wilcox to miss taylor does that that fact
2: affect our interpretation of 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 the key element that the district court relied on here or does that relate to some of the other alleged omissions
1: it does relate to the other other omissions, but i think the context here your honor is um, important to understand exactly why we're dealing with this because there is no question here that there was no foreclosure there's nothing about the fact that there are five other policies that go directly to the contractual interpretation of the term had a foreclosure but it's important understanding the context of the relationship to. The well parties. you might flip
2: it on it on the other side too and say these multiple material omissions made in this application provide some context um, suggesting perhaps that that your client knew and this was one in a long line of material emissions that were made during the application.
1: Well, we would contend that they're alleged material Understood. emissions. Yes, yeah, sure. And that the trial court actually had a finding of, and it's a little bit different burden of uh, standard of review that we're dealing with here. The trial court, with respect to the other four admissions that we're, we as the appellant are not moving on, but I understand that they have raised that as an as a, uh, issue in this case. Um, the trial court made a finding. That because they knew so and that there had been such a long relationship, and indeed, despite the evidence that they, um, that Hiscock uh, put forth, they indeed did know about these different representations of what had happened on these other policies since they wrote these policies. Wait, wait you said finding, who made findings? Judge Dawson, and. Well, this, this I'm is sorry. not, there was no trial here, right? No, there was a factual finding that he made with respect to the other four allegations, not the one with respect to that we're dealing with you, with the you construction. You don't make findings at the summary
0: judgment stage.
1: Well, he made a, a, a he he said that there was a finding that there may be um there may be That there may be, there was there was may be additional facts with was, respect to that was to not the basis that, on which the case was decided. It was not. He said it didn't ma- That finding was immaterial. Oh, so because so well, it does he, matter. Yes, yeah, so because he had already ruled on the issue that I'm bringing forth first well, that today. That
3: might be something that could be explored if we remand or something. but it's Exactly. It doesn't seem to me it's particularly central to the case at the moment.
1: Exactly. Yes, Your Honor. Um, With respect to the relationship of the parties, though, and the fact that they had gone on for so long, this is, um, it gives color to the argument that there had been in multiple other policies. um, And this is important here because um, she's never missed a premium for over a decade on any of these policies. And yet, when she she has the, the time that she needs this policy the most and her house burns to the ground, what does Wait, it, the
0: house hadn't burned at the time she filled out the application?
1: No, they did let's not burn.
0: Let's, let's stay realistic.
1: But when she did make a claim, that is when they came back and said that you made a material misrepresentation. Did they know before then? She has never had a foreclosure. That is what they deny the policy you, under your you,
0: honor. Yeah, you just begged the question, of course, of what had a foreclosure means. Exactly. Unlike her agent, who testified on cross examination that, of course, I would have disclosed the, the fact that she not only had a notice of foreclosure, there was a sheriff's sale pending, sheriff's sale scheduled, on the day she signed that application.
1: She right. she received a notice of default. It's slightly different, Your Honor. I mean the name of the do, the name of the document. I saw,
0: I saw a reference in the briefs that there was a sheriff sale sale scheduled. Now it may have been scheduled in the notice of default. But there was a date certain for a sheriff's sale, right? There's the, D- a date certain if, not, if other things didn't happen between.
1: There is a date certain if things didn't happen in between. But this, the vernacular is important here because Hiscock is calling it a no to default. You
0: know, I don't think vernacular is important to, to people. What's I, important? I, I, you know, I read, the, I read that cross examination. I thought that's right. I can't imagine there's a person with common sense in the world that would not have disclosed. That pending, that pending foreclosure proceeding in
1: response to that question. Do, isn't that relevant to this case? The issue is not did the insurance company want to know the information.
2: No, the, the
1: issue is, here is no, what the issue question. Is
0: what, what would an honest insured have, have done?
1: What do, question was asked? And the evidence in this case under the underlying well, fact yeah. show that when she received the notice of default in the mail, she knew it was an error. Immediately, she called her lawyers that dealt with all of her other business. It minute,
0: wasn't she. Had, it was an error that she hadn't paid the paid interest for six months.
1: The her testimony, Your Honor, is that she had been she'd been withholding payments. That it was an error on the notice of default, and that she cured that. She cured it shortly thereafter oh, you mean she
0: hadn't refused to pay she'd just been withholding payments
1: i think there was a dispute between Citibank and miss taylor on other yeah, issues that's fine, but
0: the insurance the insurer never would have issued the
1: policy if it had known any of that but the insurer the question they asked was have you has the applicant had a foreclosure a, a um, repossession a bankruptcy or filed for bankruptcy okay, well, and the context of this, that this question would good, this
0: would, this would be a good argument in the first year law school class but i don't think arkansas law makes it the relevant question here
1: it does make it the relevant question because
0: What's, is there a statute like the tennessee statute in in uh in, uh, uh, in the what,
1: Buford uh, case
0: uh, in no beaufort yes
1: yes so the statute here is a little bit different your honor the statute that defines it doesn't define foreclosure but the Arkansas statute is and its um, 1850 114A, where it defines notice of default. Oh, I saw that. Which yeah, she that. did receive a notice of default, but that was yeah. not the question that was asked, Your Honor. That doesn't begin to answer this que- this issue. Yes, the difference is in Arkansas law, you can cure a default, but you cannot cure a foreclosure. That's clear so, under so so what? Because the question it doesn't affect materiality to ensure the. Question that she is asked for the insured, that the insured is asking is, has the applicant had a foreclosure? It's past tense. Isn't
0: this? Do you, is is it true? This is an ISO policy form.
1: It's an Accord policy form. I'm not sure if there's. Is the application was an Accord application? It what is the. application I know what I know what ISO policies are. What, what's an Accord policy? Um, I'm not sure what. Uh, I don't want to. Insurance Services
0: Organization that publishes. Publishes policy forms for insurers nationwide.
1: So it may be in, in, in the actual uh, insurance policy, but the applications here we're talking about, and it's an Accord A C O R D form. Uh, it's a company that puts out forms. This form under um, Hiscox underwriting policies is the form that they had approved. So they did approved this by whom? By Hiscox. That they that they have to have uh, the Accord insurance application a form but issued by accord so with that respect they actually do approve the questions that are here there's no doubt that miss taylor did not approve the questions that were asked here so so why hasn't it been my what why hasn't it been litigated more
0: if it's nationwide policy form that insurers that our insurers are offered the, the the benefit of using if they if they find it appropriate
1: this policy may have been litigated and it looks like in buford as you as you mentioned yeah, the policy fair. application was well the issue there first of all your honor did it's
0: you an, look whether elsewhere in the nation it's been litigated
1: y- yes we have looked and see this question i believe is of is is not been uh, looked at specifically as the as the uh, question three is phrased here in the application under Buford, and this is pivotal, Your Honor, under Buford, it's unpublished, it's a Tennessee district court, but the issue in Buford was these contrary affidavits, conflicting affidavits between the insured and the insured's agent and who said what. That is not the issue here. But if you look at the question in Buford, it was, has the applicant had a foreclosure, a repossession, a bankruptcy, a judgment, or a lien? It's a 2007 uh, uh, application that. This is a 2013, and the question had changed. It's not, had a foreclosure, repossession, bankruptcy, judgment, or lien. Now it's, had a foreclosure, repossession, bankruptcy, or filed for bankruptcy. That's the question that she got. That question she answered is a plain question, and she answer, answered it accurately. There's no What's dispute the here. Between
2: the, it's the, the insertion of the filed for bankruptcy?
1: The filed for bankruptcy is the question that Ms. Taylor received. That was not the question in Buford. So there, in the question itself, they're asking, have you had a bankruptcy or filed for bankruptcy? Here, if what Hiscox wanted to know is, did you receive a notice of default? Have you had a foreclosure? Have you received any type of foreclosure proceedings or a notice of default? They could have asked that. They didn't ask. So, so that. if
2: filed for bankruptcy was not at issue in, in this application, your client would lose.
1: If she had filed for bankruptcy, she would lose. Yes. If the question was, if, if have you received
0: an involuntary filing a petition against her under this language? Now, you're, you're arguing she wouldn't lose. Because it was limited to file for bankruptcy or what? I, I don't this this digression into bankruptcy language. I didn't understand in the briefs.
1: Okay, okay, that was well, irrelevant. Well, let me explain things. We think it's really important here. If the question is, have you fi- have you uh, had a bankruptcy or even filed for bankruptcy, which is question number three in their application, and then you ask, have you had a foreclosure? No. So you the, don't ask me. Is one pending is somebody sent you a notice of intent to sale if somebody so the, sent
2: or the argument as I take it is because you asked about filed for bankruptcy um, the implication is that you're not asking about filed a foreclosure is that is right that, that is the that is
1: the argument here if you look at question eight in the same application they ask not only have you been convicted of certain crimes but have you been indicted for those crimes they want to know not just have you been convicted but have you been indicted the insurance company here wanted to know not only have you had a bankruptcy but have you filed a bankruptcy but they might have wanted to know have you received a notice of default or stock
0: does had a bankruptcy in your view include an involuntary petition filed
1: not on had a bankruptcy had a bankruptcy is where the, the bankruptcy is completed just like under Arkansas law, the foreclosure is defined to be under the statute so, termination so the, of sale. So
0: the the um, the insured wins, in your view, if the most material <coughs> adverse circumstances were there, that is, a creditor had involuntarily filed. But the, if insured, in, the insurer wins only if, if the insured had, had petitioned, filed a voluntary petition for bankruptcy which is often just a, a debtor relief or avoidance practice.
1: Well, I think that question could be asked under the, under the application, Your Honor, but the question is, has the applicant, have I, filed for bankruptcy is what they're asking.
3: It seems to me that at some point we need to talk about at least the possibility that this phrase is ambiguous, in which case you win in the, case, in, in the sense that the ambiguity goes to, to, goes to the uh, insured.
1: Yes, Your Honor.
3: So, I mean, it seems to me that's an important principle in this case. It is. And uh, I also want to call everyone's attention to a case that uh, I found. It's called Providence Bank against Tennessee something or other, which is 234F Appendix 393. It's a Sixth Circuit case. Which holds that something very much like this very same phrase does create an ambiguity, in which case the question is, at, I guess the Arkansas law is, at that point you ask whether there's any extrinsic evidence, parole evidence that can be introduced or explain in away the ambiguity, and then if there isn't, it's a judge question as to the meaning, and at that point the judge applies a presumption against. The uh, draftsman or the person who is relying on the language, and the insured wins. I mean, isn't that the way it works?
1: That is the way it should work. I
3: mean, that's important.
1: It is important here under the Deal case, which is the Arkansas Court of Appeals case, the Drummond case, which is an Arkansas Supreme Court case, the Farm Bureau versus Milburn case. All mistake when there's any doubt or uncertainty as to the meaning, and the meaning of this question has two reasonable interpretations. There's no doubt here it has two reasonable interpretations here. Under Arkansas I mean, law... It
3: seems to me that, uh, that the district court is saying that his interpretation of the words uh, what were, were was obvious. seems to me that's overstating itself. What it's he, not obvious to me.
1: Yeah, and he can't... He may, that's what he did wrong here. There were two different interpretations. One is, does had a foreclosure mean past tense, there has been a foreclosure? Or does had a foreclosure mean did I receive a notice of default? The
0: principle is the fact that the, that the two lay people disagree as to the meaning of a, a statute, or statute that's, that raises an issue of law, whether that's, that creates a, the kind of ambiguity that triggers insured, insured wins. Well, that does... In many r- cases, It say no. If it's just two people disagreeing over a, a statute that, that
1: has a clear meaning... And there may be um, a disagreement with another statute where one position is not reasonable, but here they're both reasonable. And what did the trial judge do? He tried to weigh you're them. Saying and that, that's, well, you're saying that I don't think they're both reasonable.
0: But that's your has to be your position.
1: They are both reasonable here because it is. They are both reasonable. It's either that she answered the question accurately and unambiguously that she had not had a foreclosure because, indeed, facts show she's never had a foreclosure and she owns this property today or the question's ambiguous because it's subject to two reasonable interpretations. Here, what the trial court did is he tried to weigh those interpretations, and he held in favor of the insurance company. That's against Arkansas law. He does not have the discretion to weigh the two. Instead, he has to send that back to the jury for a fact issue. I I know I'm back into my rebuttal time, Your Honor. Um, Unless there's any other additional questions, I'll reserve the rest of my time for rebuttal. Thank you. Thank you. The case
0: has been thoroughly briefed. Mr. Sterling?
4: please the court your honors this is a simple case and I think Judge Loken drilled down to it pretty quick the deciding issue here is whether a reasonably honest insured faced with the question whether uh, you have had a foreclosure in the last five years would disclose that there was foreclosure proceedings currently pending on the property to be insured and a sale of the property scheduled on the courthouse steps two months later, April eleventh, twenty eighteen. In common parlance, we say a home is in foreclosure. What that means to me, and I think the general understanding of the word, is that in foreclosure means it's in the process but that's of not being what sold. the
3: question was. The question didn't I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> but in all fairness counsel that's not what the question was the question was not is the house in foreclosure the question was had had there been a foreclosure have you had a foreclosure
4: that's right right. the question was that's
3: that's not in a foreclosure
4: well i I think it's the term foreclosure you're right the term is or the question was had a foreclosure
3: it's an easy case
4: well I, I believe it is an easy case. Well, you may but
3: you may believe that and you're entitled to. it. What I'm saying is if they had
4: asked that it would have been an easy case.
3: But but that's not what the question was.
4: Had a foreclosure and and the common understanding is a foreclosure is a proceeding. So
2: if you have well do we go to a common understanding or do we go to some Arkansas statutory provision or case law? And what is the best legal definition, setting aside for a minute common understanding, because common understanding can vary quite a bit.
4: And and that's, I, I believe that can be right. If you look at the Arkansas power of sale foreclosure statute. So which,
2: which one specifically? I mean, the, the problem I have here is I've got statutes all over the place. I've got blacks law definitions. I've got cases from out of out of state. I've got... Arkansas statutes that seem to go in other directions um, it's it's easy to find ambiguity when I look at the research I've done on this so where is the clearest point where you can show me what a foreclosure means I would
4: point you to uh, Arkansas statute 1850 104 b4 and b7 and that statute is part of the uh, foreclosure statutes And it states what has to be in a notice of default and intention to sell
2: is this the section that says the default for which foreclosure is made and then goes on to talk about the party initiating a foreclosure
4: that's correct your honor Uh, and if you look at the statute before that uh, 103 uh, it also uh, indicates that uh, the foreclosure a foreclosure begins at the initiation of the notice of default and intention to sell. And that notice of default and intention to sell was sent to the insured and it said, This foreclosure has been initiated by. Uh, it it well, says there's how going about to be. This a
2: case cited by your colleague that, that says, compares a foreclosure against a notice of default because a foreclosure can be cured while. Notice of default, or I'm sorry, a notice of default can be cured while a foreclosure cannot. Doesn't that suggest um, a distinction between a notice of default and foreclosure?
4: I don't know that there's a case cited to that point. I think that's how they're trying to make an argument arising from the statutes. But I think the the, the proper interpretation is foreclosure, definitionally, is a proceeding, right? Uh, A foreclosure leads to and the object of a foreclosure is ultimately a sale, right? But a foreclosure, by definition, whether it's a judicial foreclosure, a statutory power of sale foreclosure like we had here, it is the proceeding. And the application question is, had a foreclosure? That's broad. It's not ambiguous. The question, had a foreclosure, obviously seeks to have information about any foreclosure that the insurance had, whether or not it ended up in a sale. Uh, And going back to the application form for a minute, I know Judge Loken asked whether this was an ISO form. It was an accord form, which is much like ISO. It's uh, another company that markets insurance forms. And this was not a form drafted by the insurer here. It's a form that's an industry standard form used across the nation, and it was selected by Ms. Taylor's actual agent, and she submitted that. That's a form that the insurer here accepts uh, because it's an industry standard form, but it's not a situation where the insurer here drafted the specific questions uh, like like they talk about in the case law about... Uh, if there's an amb- ambiguity, it has to be construed against the insurer because the insurer drafted the policy. That's well, not well, the situation the, we have what,
3: I'm sorry. Maybe uh, uh, This is a point I'm interested in. I'm sorry to interrupt. But I, what, wasn't this a form that was regu- regularly used by the insurer? Not, but it, was, it was not drafted by the insurer, but regularly used by the insurer? That's correct. So That's right. the right. insurer is offering it. I mean, the insurer is relying on the form. Whatever whoever the draftsman was. And so the insurer is proffering this form as a defense, the answer to the form, as a defense to coverage. Isn't that correct?
4: Yeah, the insurer... Okay,
3: so I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Well, the, the insurer certainly accepts the form. It says it in their guidelines that they accept accord forms or similar forms. So it's relying on Okay.
0: Where, where, the, is this an independent agent?
4: yes Miss Taylor's agent Nikki Hodges was an independent agent she was the agent of Miss Taylor and not the agent of the insurer this was an ENS policy uh, excess and surplus surplus lines policy uh, that was issued outside of normal admitted markets Uh, so she had her own independent agent and underwriters had their own wholesale (coughs) agent burns and Wilcox Uh, another thing I'd, I'd like to address is the talk about the bankruptcy uh, in the question. Uh, I, I, I think it is kind of a, a red herring and irrelevant because bankruptcy and foreclosure are two different things.
2: But the, but the focus is on the had and the filed, not necessarily on the nature of the bankruptcy. I mean, I guess bankruptcy in a sense is a process too, Right. Like a foreclosure, maybe not identical, maybe not even similar, but there is a bankruptcy process and procedure you go through when you're in bankruptcy court. So why doesn't doesn't it follow that if the application said had or filed in in this area, which is a process, I think that it in, implies that they're not asking for that in the, in the field of a foreclosure?
4: Because it's intentionally broad, I believe. Foreclosure, by definition is a proceeding
0: well so is bankruptcy
4: bankruptcy may be definitionally a proceeding but not in the same way as well, a foreclosure. well but it is a
0: proceeding I mean, look at all the chapters some uh, of them are voluntary some are involuntary i mean that's very analogous
4: well it, it says filed for bankruptcy or had a bankruptcy and and I think
0: the, the difference is the voluntary involuntary at bankruptcy. That's that's fairly unique. Th-
4: that's true. Uh, but I and think if they, you say
0: files for bankruptcy and leave it there, you haven't you haven't covered the more important half of the equation.
4: That's that's right. And, and I think bankruptcy would would pick that up. But I I, I do think it's sort of an aside because if you look at had a foreclosure because there's no bankruptcy here there's no nobody's arguing that but if you look at had a foreclosure would a reasonably honest insured accept that to mean I need to disclose the foreclosure that's currently on this property I'm asking the insurance company to insure and from a pragmatic standpoint of course that's what the insurer wants to know about because that increases the risk dramatically.
2: Well, what, what if um, the insured's lawyers had already told her that notice of default was going to be cured, that they had resolved the issue um, with the creditors, um, and and the issue was resolved? The, the, I mean, I, I don't know what the facts are here, but doesn't that change the average honest insured's position? It.
4: It does not because the the foreclosure would still meet, need to be disclosed you can explain that it's going to be uh, taken care of so you should still insure me I've tendered a check or, or whatever that's that's something that they would have the opportunity to explain in the application but uh, they would still need to disclose a foreclosure that they had within the last five years and the fact that the bank initiated this foreclosure is certainly uh, a foreclosure. She was that there's evidence in the record that she was uh, she had a lawyer that was negotiating with Citibank around the same time uh, trying to pay off the, I think it was six months or so of unpaid payments through endorsing over, an insurance claim check from a fire she had the year before at an outbuilding. So, <clears throat> so, uh, I'm sorry. Finish your sentence. Uh, I'm okay, d- I, i I think this is a diversity case, right? Yes, yes, Your Honor. So
3: we're supposed to decide this case the same way the Supreme Court of Arkansas would it, correct? Yes, Your Honor. What's the general attitude of the Supreme Court of Arkansas toward these kinds of cases with respect to ambiguities in insurance? Contracts or application forms.
4: Well, one thing is, I, I think you they look at the the term uh, in a, in a reasonably holistic way, and you don't look at extrinsic evidence to determine if there's an ambiguity. And you know what the district court found here was that this was an unambiguous term, or at least it unambiguously required the insured to disclose the the pending foreclosure and foreclosure scales. I I guess
3: what I'm thinking is, in reviewing the cases of the Supreme Court of Arkansas, are they reasonably open to the notion that language is ambiguous in these kinds of insurance contexts?
4: Well, I, I think most of the cases that have been cited here, at least, tend to deal with construing policy language which is a little bit different I don't know that there's been an Arkansas Supreme Court case that uh, directly addresses the application issue uh, yeah I
3: think that's right I, I was asking more about it was kind of an ethos question What what's the sort of general superintending attitude in Arkansas courts about this kind of case since we're supposed to come out the way they would, right? That's I, our job. Your Honor, yes.
4: Uh, and I believe the Arkansas courts look at and interpret words uh, using their reasonable no from any other court. interpretation. It's it's pretty uh, consistent with what courts do across the nation.
0: Well, there are st- other states in our circuit where they've, the Supreme Court has said we don't we don't much like to find ambiguity. I, I yes, think... that the, the, They created a semi-quasi-presumption uh, against ambiguity. The, That's the ethos I think Judge Arnold was asking about.
4: And, and the Arkansas courts do say just because there's two arguments as to the meaning of a term does not make it ambiguous. That's not the... Definition of ambiguity, and you can't look at extrinsic evidence to determine ambiguity. Uh, the court decides whether it's ambiguous as a matter of law, uh, and it looks at the reasonable interpretations that way, not just whether there are two arguments or not. Uh, One thing I did want to mention before my time is up is that there's no issue of materiality here. Of course, the insurer would not have issued the policy had this foreclosure been disclosed because it's a straight decline under the guidelines because it increases the risks so much. So I want to note that there's no issue there. Uh, and, you know, we do make arguments that there are lots of misrepresentations in this application. Uh, There are many alternative reasons to affirm. One I would point to is the dear credit judgment. There's no issue about any prior notice, even if that was a legal... uh, I'm sorry, there's no issue about what? About whether the insurer knew about it with prior policies like some of the other arguments with the other misrepresentations we we don't believe that's a, a solid argument but I wanted to point out but there's no issue with regard to, to that hundred
3: thousand has to do with whether she had had a judgment that's correct. that's another difficulty but the district court adverted to that but didn't decide it
4: that's
0: correct your honor thank you thank you Ms. Doan you've used your time okay. if you want to if you want to respond to judge Arnold's ethos question i'd like to hear that otherwise we'll take the cases submitted
1: yes and and
0: wait till the wipe down
1: your honor briefly in response and i believe i understand judge arnold your question with respect to the ethos and what arkansas law calls for the, the Arkansas law, whether it's the Deal case, the Drummond case, the U.S. Fidelity and Guarantee case, they're all set forth in our briefing. If there are two reasonable interpretations before the court as to what this means, then they are obligated to go with the insured. In fact, the case law says it is their duty to go with the insured. At best for the insurance company here, this is an ambiguous case because it is the duty of the court then to go with yeah, but the insurance—that's not the question.
0: As I, as I stated, other other Supreme Courts in the circuit are express great reluctance to find ambiguity. That's what I interpreted yes, the ethos. I, yeah. Yes, and and how ready are they to say
3: this is ambiguous? I mean, I've written before that the notion of ambi- ambiguity is itself a little fuzzy around the edges, isn't it? I, I it's,
1: thought, all,
3: its you know so. My question. I think Judge Zolkin put it exactly the right. way. How, how quick are they to say, yeah, this, this has two meanings, and maybe it's ambiguous as to whether it's ambiguous, but, yeah, it's ambiguous, and uh, let's go with that. What's, what's the ethos, the general, general attitude well, of the-,
1: the courts to the idea of finding an ambiguity, yes. there are multiple cases that we've cited to you that they do find the ambiguity. But the yeah, Arkansas we know, case, we know that. Yes, but the, the the court also says the duty. If there are two reasonable interpretations, the duty is to go with the insured. Yes, but the question is, when are there two reasonable
0: interpretations? Yes. And some courts have expressed a greater or lesser willingness to you know, do the lawyer, do the the classroom lawyer thing of everything's,
1: everybody, everything's ambiguous if you look at it hard enough. Yeah. So I've, I'm trying to answer the question, Your Honor. I think I am. I'm trying to make sure we don't speak against each other. But If you had some language, that would help. Sure. From a case. The Deal case, which is an Arkansas Court of Appeals case, the Drummond case, which is Arkansas Supreme Court, and the Farm Buell mutual <laughs> case versus Milburn, say when any doubt or uncertainty as the meaning and they're fairly susceptible, fairly susceptible to two or more reasonable interpretations, one favorable to the insured and one not favorable, they are their duty, the one favorable, will be adopted. So that is the way they get out of saying that it's ambiguous because they go with the insured. Here they went with the thank insurer. You. Thank you. You're thank you, your Honor. Thank you. There's only one other thing that I wanted to answer with respect to your question, no. well, Judge Loken. Well, all right. You, you had asked about the accord policy, I didn't no, know No, I don't want it. No. Okay. That's not in the record anyway. It is in the record, Your Honor. With right, respect, give me a site to the record. The app, the uh, appendix 1193 says under the underwriting guidelines for Hiscock, they have to use the accord application form or similar. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you.
0: case has been thoroughly briefed and well argued, and we'll take it under advisement.